even if I, if you were to ask me, is praying the rosary good? Yeah. But if dad tells me to pray the rosary, it no longer becomes good. <laughs> it's equal to true. It's true equal that. to do the dishes. We are back. Another episode of PPK. I'm your co-host, the man on fire, John Sablon. The middle child, Kaoni. And your boy, Meeks. What's going on, boys? We are talking today about the false rebellion of the youth. Not just the youth, I guess, in general, but um, definitely that becomes an issue more as uh, young Americans or young people in general just come into their own. So, as usual, we kind of start off with the uh, the impetus, the motivation, the inspiration behind this episode. So, Meeks, what, why were we looking at this whole false rebellion of our youth? Well, for me, it just happens that I am at the age group where I think it's most prevalent, this kind of rebellion, right? You're in college trying to figure yourself out. Um, you're trying to find your own identity, you're separating from your parents. You're really trying to become your own man, your own woman, um, form your own principles, your own philosophy, hearing a lot of things from college, you're experiencing a lot of different people from different places and that kind of idea. And so um, for me, it's just what I experienced the most within my own age group, my own friend group, and also just pop culture itself. So I think as like, as we've seen in music, whether it be hip hop or pop or whatever it is, obviously rock's always been the kind of rebel genre. Um, Rap's become that a lot too over the last few decades. And just this like almost obsession with having to, be rebellious in some way, having to be the the outcast, having to be the black sheep. We're always the people that are are somehow. It's always the world against us, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, we're always the star of our own movie, where <laughs> everyone else in the movie just hates us. And you know, we're always on our path. As long as we got to do what we got to do, you know. And so that's like the most, I think, like common theme, whether it be in music or or uh, Netflix shows or whatever it is. It's always about this idea that we have to somehow rebel against something that's holding us back from being who we are, whether that's the people around us or it's um, a certain group, a certain race, certain company, uh, the president, whoever it is. But it's always this idea of like, we're angry. we got this chip on our shoulder mm-hmm. and we're rebelling against the Christians. Cause that's who, that's who messed it up. They're the ones that got in our way. Or it's just like, you know, I, I get into a lot of thrifting and the biggest items are always these rock tees, these old rap tees. It's the Wu Tang the Grateful Dead, all these people that really, you know, they, 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 they represent the, the youth and they represent the movement and the culture. And this culture has just become this whole idea of just rebellion, but not really a rebellion in a certain way that's healthy. It's just a rebellion against anything that's in your way. And so it's really just like, I think it's kids and then grown up kids, right, that don't know what they're doing, grown up kids in the sense of these bands and these, and these groups who don't, I never really figured it out. And so they're kind of just making loud noise and just basically yelling, I don't really know who I am. And everyone's like, yeah, I don't know who I am either. And so we're all just rebelling at something, right? Because it feels good. That's kind of like, we're talking about drugs or, or sex, whatever it is. It's all about basically my freedom, my ability to do what I want. That's, that's what feels good. I'm doing me. And then we all just encourage each other. You do you and everything else. Rebel against that, man. That's, that's this group. That's this group. That's this group. They're, they're the ones holding you back. And so that's why I just see most... Uh, prevalent in, in culture today is just this idea of like it's always something that we're after always something in the way of us um always just 
feeling like uh, feeling like a rebel and everything's just like you got to be hard you got to be this or um just this like offensive way towards life i guess mm. if that makes sense mm -hmm. and um i just think it's false and <laughs> and not the right way to live not correct and um it's not healthy really well i think you hit on something uh s specific as it relates to freedom right so there is definitely a a push to be free from rather than to be free for, right? Mm -hmm. So you have, whether it's Christianity or the government, the man, whoever you think is oppressing you from really not necessarily being who you are, but doing what you want to do. So freedom in the sense of it's licensed to do whatever I want rather than freedom and freedom from rules and restrictions and obstacles and distractions from what I want to do rather than freedom to freedom for freedom to choose what's the righteous thing, freedom to choose other over self, right? What we would know as virtuous and what we would know as uh, really the gospel message. Um, but there was something I know, Keone, I want to kick it over to you, that there was really a deeper reflection on on kind of the root of all this, because I think this is a great topic. Because when, when we, we're going to unpack this for the listeners, when, it, when we talk about false rebellion, you're trying to probably wrap, wrap your mind around, like, what is false rebellion? Um, I mean, even a question for you all is, what has been your experience up until this point of rebellion in general? All right. What has that been for you? Um, maybe you were the rebellious one in your home. Maybe you're a parent out there who had a child who rebelled or children who rebelled against you and your rules in your home. Um, maybe you're somebody who has a checkered past and, and has been um, institutionalized. who has been locked up because you rebelled against uh, the man or you know, the justice system. But what has been your experience? So when we say false rebellion, what does that actually mean? But Keanu, let's go to, 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 I know you had a great reflection that we were meditating on prior to, as we were preparing for this. And what was that? Well, I think with um, anything that happens that we're, that we're talking about, you can see it repeat through human history just because it's the human condition. And we talk about this rebellion. Um, I was reflecting on um, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who we all love, who I watch um, pretty regularly. And he was talking about the idea of um, individual justice versus social justice. And we all have this sense of individual justice where we right the wrongs that we have made, where if we sin, if we do a wrong to someone else, you make it right. That's just the soul yearns for that justice, right? But if we start to ignore it, if we suppress it, then there becomes an obsession and a great need and desire for social justice. And so what he did is he painted the picture of like a, a toothpaste. And if you put the cap on it and you just squeeze it, and this is you ignoring and suppressing your individual justice, you're squeezing that toothpaste bottle. And eventually the, tooth the toothpaste is gonna come out and it's gonna be messy. Why? Because you took the cap and you put it on and now it's going to have to come out a way that it wasn't meant to come out. Mm. And that's where social the obsession with social justice, where you're rebelling from yourself, honestly. So what he mentioned was we can have basically two ways of living. And one is with our reason being governed by our emotion or our emotion being governed by our reason. And when we see this great suppression and ignoring of our need for individual justice, we see this rebellion from our own reason and our morality and the desire to comfort and nourish our emotions, 
our emotional needs, our desires, our wants, our freedom to do what we want. Um, so I think it's just a part of the human condition. When we ignore and suppress the, the need to right our wrongs, to um, seek repentance for our sins and the things that we know inherently are wrong, it's there whether we want to live by it or not. And our soul yearns for it. And that's where the pressure builds up in that toothpaste. And it's going to come out some way. And we see this great obsession with social justice. And we, we see in the community, right, these social justice warriors or these, these communities that are supposedly about the do you, supposedly about the whatever makes you feel good movement. But they have this great almost hatred for anything that goes against them, especially the Christian faith, which I've seen. A lot of it is, yeah, I don't really vibe with that. But when it comes to the Christian faith, it's almost a hatred of it because it's so um, closed-minded. It's so restrictive. It's so anti-free. And and I, that's what I see when I listen to Archbishop Fulton Sheen. I think he really hits the, the nail on the head with this and, and that, yeah, they're constantly ignoring because there's no morality. It's do what you want. They're ignoring their individual, their need to right their wrongs, the need for individual justice. And what do we see? This obsession to right it through social justice. Because I'm not going to fix me, so i got to fix the world. We have to rebel against the man, the president, the social, ju the justice system, whatever it is. We're rebelling mm -hmm. against the Christian faith because they don't tell me what to do. I tell me what to do. So it's a... It's a response, if you will, to the internal conflict that they're feeling within. And so rather than go within, they're going without and trying to, they're grasping at straws, really, and trying to, uh, that just manifests itself in that way. Um, and this is, that's a great reflection there because I think that speaks truth to what we're experiencing, especially in today's world. Um, but let's, I want to kind of go back to um, what you talked about when it came, you know, you were talking about Grateful Dead and just uh, Wu-Tang and, you know, I think about, growing up in the NWA era, you know, and um, how the culture. So when you think about why kids rebel, just from social science, social data will tell us that um, part of it is is de developmentally youth aren't developed. Right. So the prefrontal cortex, the the part of their brain that um, where they exercise judgment and sound or sound judgment isn't fully developed until 25. So there's this immaturity, this lack of maturation when it comes to sound decision-making, but then there's other pieces, as Miko stated, was really the primary reason is influenced by the culture. And the funny thing about it is, is most people want to rebel in a way that they think that they're unique. And I'm this soldier, I'm this rebel, I'm the black sheep, and really they look like everybody else because everybody else is saying the same thing. And that was part of, I know, something that kind of, that um, was also the impetus and kind of the inspiration because it's like, it's, it's a false rebellion because... A rebellion is no longer rebellion when you are just going along with everybody else. Or if you're the majority. Yeah. So you can't, yeah. The, the rebellion is supposed to be the, the minority usually going against the people that are suppressing them in any way, whether it be like, you know, you can look at Revolutionary War or whatever. So you can look at these different kind of wars where it's a minority trying to fight for that, mm -hmm. the, the liberty or the freedom of their country or whatever it may be. And like today, it seems like <laughs> that although we keep like spilling the same message in pop culture and it's just it's just so cool to be like like the most popular brands. Right. So we take like like the biggest biggest brand, you know, Supreme and, and Stussy's huge and all these. What are these skateboard brands? And the skateboarders, why do they run the culture right now? Because they were they're the rebellious kids. We all know the, the skateboard knuckleheads that we grew up and those were the kids that didn't care and 
you know, shave their head and everyone's like, what's going on here with these kids? And, and it's just like this idea that I guess like that, that they started, you know, running the culture and it's this whole like, you know, don't listen to them, man. They're, they're, they're not the ones that are for you. They're, they're the ones that are against you. And then as a young person growing up and you hear that and you don't really want to agree with your, your parents growing up, right? Because they're just the people that have always restricted you. They put a curfew on you. So you want to believe and you want to buy into that idea of, you know what? No, they're not right. I, I can form my own, I can form my own opinions because those opinions, they were what held me back when I was in high school and I want to go out and they didn't let me. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes this like, it's just a justification really is all it is. So you're just trying to, you have this bias, uh, confirmation bias, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's this idea that, you know, I don't want to believe that. And these people are telling me what I like to hear. So let's all chime in on this. But then the point you're making is that, well, if you're all chiming in on the same idea, then no one's rebelling. You guys are just the majority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then who really is rebelling? And that's why I feel like the false rebellion is the Christians that are trying to say that, that are trying to protect our own values that we've had for thousands of years since, since, uh, since Jesus and, and natural law itself, which has always been a thing as long as the world's been created. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to preserve that. And we feel like we're the ones that are rebelling now. Right. So when I'm in high school, I, I don't feel like, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm in the majority with things that I believe in that are along with the church. I feel like now I'm in, I'm now in the minority and, um, not that they're against me or in any way that I have to rebel against them, but you just see that the shift in, in the dynamics of it. And so it seems like that pop culture, the skate crowd or the hip hop crowd, those people are always yelling as if they're the ones that are constantly being suppressed or, or attacked. And we have to change order in their way to fit them. But it seems like they're the ones winning this battle now. And so now it's on us and Christians to rebel in that physical way. But also, as we know, for Christians, most of the battle that's important in our faith and I think in life in general is within yourself, as always. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's talking about reasons and emotions, right? Intellect over your body, the desires. Like that's that's the that's the rebellion that you need to have is your intellect rebelling. It's your desires to do those things exactly. Just to party whenever you want, sleep with whoever. Those things like that's the rebellion we're trying to enforce, and that's what's actually hard. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to just smoke every day sleep with whoever you want anytime like that's not a rebellion you're just <laughs> you're just doing what you want yeah, you're, who you're rebelling against you're actually no different than an animal no instinctively you just do whatever you want to do so if you want to like vomit and then go eat it you can do it that's cool go do it that's what dogs do yeah. right and you're rebelling it's the order of natural food man that, that's what you think that's what, that's what the government wants you to think is real food now this is the food like that kind of idea where you end up just rebelling against things just for the sake of rebelling because mm-hmm. it makes you feel justified and like your own person because you're not following anyone at that point, but you are following everybody else, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and, and you know, I think, it, again, it goes back to, you know, especially for us as, as faithful Catholic Christians, th- that internal conflict, like how many people are running from, you know, I think about, you know, the man in the mirror. You talk about how um, just that, again, that conflict, that contention. And I think for us as faithful Catholics trying to live it out, I mean, we're on a podcast talking, it's called Priest, Prophet, King, right? We're not hiding from anybody. We're very open about our faith and we live out our faith. And honestly, in today's world, especially our very presence in front of somebody convicts them of the life that they don't live. I think about the scripture passages and it fails me right now while the cameras are on. We just are, we're just reading this about in the Old Testament where, um, was it Jeremiah? But they're talking about this person stands for everything we don't, mm-hmm. right? So let's kill him. 
And I think as, as Christians, as disciples of Christ, that's exactly what we're doing. We stand without even saying a word. If we're just living out our faith and we say, no, we're, we're for, you know, uh, marriage between being a man and a woman. We're for, you know, um, uh, living life chastely. We're for having our will govern our passions and not the other way around. Then they're going to be like, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to come after you because you are everything against me. And I think that's another thing that we're also talking about. So that rebellion really, or the, really the, the, the battle, I think you both are saying this is you'll never win that external battle if you don't win the internal battle. And what's happening is everyone's losing or giving up or not even engaging in the internal battle. So therefore they're going to go and act out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think it's just this, this false sense of like altruism and, um, not that there's anything wrong necessarily with social justice. We have a responsibility to help society. We have a responsibility to, um, you know, bring love and bring Christ and bring the faith to our communities. But when it becomes an obsession, when it becomes um, first and foremost before our own individual justice, that's when it becomes a problem. Because if we aren't righting our own wrongs, if we aren't living our own life the way that God's calling us to, how can I how can I go out into the world and make everyone right? Because what it does is it's just giving me that sense of repentance and, and feeling of a true contrition and, and um, writings of those wrongs that I didn't get because I didn't face my own wrongs. Mm-hmm. And so we think of like Judas in the scriptures when they were with him and spending money on all these herbs and, and I think it was like oils and perfumes, right? And mm-hmm. Judas is like, what are you doing? Look at all this money. We can give this to the poor. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus looks to him and he says like, you're going to have the poor for the rest of eternity or for the rest of life on earth, you know, and you're not going to have me forever. Mm-hmm. And what was Judas? Did Judas really care about the poor? Mm-hmm. Probably not. But what did he care about? He cared about social justice. And what we know from Judas's life is there was no writing of his own wrong. Mm-hmm. He took his own life. Mm-hmm. And so there's this obsession when we ignore the things that we do that are wrong when we completely suppress reason and morality and we want to just say do what you feel like you can go ahead and do that but your soul hurts mm-hmm. and it hurts and it hurts and it's going to come out some way and it usually doesn't help anyone else and it just keeps hurting yourself mm-hmm. no it's a, that's a uh, great great point there because I, we do have to bring clarity right like the catholic catholic church has a great teaching on social justice. And so it's not like we're not, that's part of our corporal works of mercy, right? Is, is, is feeding the poor and, 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 you know, caring for the sick and visiting the imprisoned and so on and so forth. Um, but it's a twisted view, I guess, when we say it, when we're talking about it, just so the listeners understand, we're talking about a twisted view is when we're, it's under the guise of social justice, but really it's not really social justice. Right. Um, so just make sure we're clear. That's probably a whole nother, um, topic or discussion there so let's let's flip this around because i think one of the unique things that we have as a podcast is um father and sons right and so there's obviously perspectives that we have that we can easily help both uh, your generation and then also my generation and, and thereafter so let's talk about rebellion from your perspective you know um what does that what does that look like because you see obviously this is you can see a lot of your generation doing it i mean it's every it's funny nothing we we talked we talked about this in preparation there's nothing unique about your so-called rebellion by the way everybody's been rebelling forever ever amen welcome to the garden of eden and um, so there's nothing that is uh unique or uh, genuine or um somehow in you know your idea creative about it but 
can we talk about it? And then I'll talk about it from a parent perspective of how we can kind of, um, kind of turn the ship around, but yeah, well, I think me along with every other person who's ever <laughs> lived in their teenage years of all time, you want to just feel like you're, uh, your own person, your own, your own individual. Right. So of course, uh, I'm sure like, you know, you probably said I couldn't go somewhere and that was just, that was just the end. Like I was, I'm going to be my own man and forget my dad and mom for suppressing me in my room or whatever it was, you know what I mean? Or like, you, they didn't let us buy that video game, so to hell with them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so you, you get that you get that initial feeling, but I think with me, it was more, so it's like, okay, so you, you I guess, make up in your head that you want to be your own person. You're going to try these things because you, you want to be able to say, right? Like some people, like I want to be able to say I don't like this because I don't like it, not because my parents say it, which is, which is a good, it's a healthy thing to do, right? You know what I mean? You don't want to follow anything blindly. So that was kind of my thing was, okay, I don't really want to follow anything blindly. And I'm sure there's a lot of times I'm mad at you guys for no reason. And so, you know, I'm going to try this. And then you're just like, okay, yeah, I guess that wasn't really as cool as I thought it was. <laughs> so I'm cool off that. Okay. So now I'm my own man because I can see that this is really not what it is. And my parents are right. Not that I, not that now I'm subject to my parents because they were end up being right. But okay. I've seen for myself, no, this is not how I want to live. And that's my own individual choice mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it takes that maturity and understanding that not everything has to be like, I'm not going to follow this because that's the way of them, but just figure out what's right because it's right. There's nothing to do with who says it's right or they say it's right. So I don't want to live it that way. And that, that's just the immature, I think, way of living. And I think we all go through that, especially in our teenage years of I'm going to do, I'm going to do something just because my parents said not to do it, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just that it's just the uh, immature way of feeling like your own person and, then this leads into a life of I don't, the false rebellion, basically, is what you kind of end up following. I'd say I think the way to turn that around was like the same theme that we've had in a lot of these episodes. is like figuring out things for yourself. It's like I said, like a few minutes ago, is that people end up doing this rebellion of things they don't even, they're not even sure why. Like they like something for some reason that they can't understand why, because you've just been following the same pattern with the rest of the culture. And just the idea of like, start understanding why, like what, what are we listening to actually, like when we listen to these things? Like, sure, you know, we're bopping our heads. I know the beat slaps. And I get it. You know what I mean? We all like these different people. But, like, what are we actually doing in this realm? Like, what is it? What is the main message? And what what trends are we following? And why are we doing it? Because mm-hmm. at first it was, well, that's the way of them, right? That's the way of the, the rich white people. So we don't do that. That's not the way we live. You know, the rappers and stuff like that. That's how, whatever it is, it's about doing it our way. This, this is how we do things. But, like, how are you doing it, though? Like, is it a way that is actually right? Or is it just your way? So that means it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're so obsessed with doing things our way, we forget or we don't care about what's right or wrong. And that's obviously the wrong um, mindset to have. Mm-hmm. No, I think um, it it is interesting that there's this this concept, and I'll probably talk about it more from the parents, of kind of breaking away from parents. And I think that's because there's a lack of trust or relationship. We'll talk about that. But Keone, what about what about your experience? Uh, I mean, I think it's similar. Uh, developmentally, you know, all kids grow up. They reach that young, early adolescence into teenage years and whatnot, trying to figure out who they are in the world. So their social groups are expanding. Developmentally, they're expanding. They're able to comprehend more um, imaginative things. Things aren't really, I guess, concrete 
Um, so everything's kind of expanding and they have to say, okay, who am I in this world outside of what my parents have been telling me? Mm-hmm. So I think developmentally that's very natural, but it can get really disordered when, um, like Meeks was saying, you're not really, you're not really focusing on what is right. You're focusing on what is breaking free from something or who you're rebelling against. Mm-hmm. And so we see like this idea of, well, my parents have been telling me this all, you know, through these years and I want to rebel. So who do I rebel um, towards? It's, you know, those people who are telling me to just do what I want to, I want to do. You know, if my parents were constantly telling me I can't do this, I got to stay, um, I got to stay home when I want to go out. I have to do this. I have to dress this way. I have to eat this or whatever it is. And I'm trying to figure out who I am as a person. It's really easy if you aren't trying to figure out why my parents were saying that. What what is the point? Mm -hmm. It's really easy to say, oh, my friends are saying to do the opposite and it feels good and there's no restrictions. So that's the freedom that we see, Mm. you know? And so I think for me personally, it was a lot of, well, why do I want to do it if, you know, all it is is just my parents telling me to do it. You know, I'm, I'm doing this and this, even in my faith, I'm doing these practices just because my parents told me. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this, like, I think developmentally, it's like, no, I don't want, to, I want to make the choice. Mm-hmm. And I think it can lead to a lot of growth because it becomes your own faith. It becomes your own lifestyle, your own belief systems. But if all I did was simply try to rebel the human being and, and the words and the connotations that I get from the parent, then it can become disastrous because who do you fall into? If I don't listen to you, you're going to probably listen to someone else. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have any other good influences, it's going to be the culture. Like Meeks was saying, it's going to be rap. It's going to be rock. It's going to be uh, Instagram. It's going to be Twitter. And then what's going to happen then is you're going to be a part of the false rebellion. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's funny because so many things came to mind, but I think of, you know, whenever you have those dolls that you just pull the string and they just say the same thing over and over again. And I think that's what ends up happening to a lot of people when they just go with the flow. And I think there's a couple of things. Let me pull back. One of the things that's beautiful about our faith is like when we go meditate on scriptures and I think about the paralytic, right? Who, the, the, who his friends brought him and dropped him down to, you know, everyone wanted to come see Jesus. They couldn't get into the house. So the friends took him up on the roof and lowered him down. And Jesus heals that paralytic. And what does he say? Their faith has saved you. It's only time. Every other time somebody was healed, Jesus says, your faith has has saved you. Your faith has healed you. This time it said, their faith has healed you, has saved you. That's the role we take as parents. So when we think about bringing you to the faith at an early age, I mean, you know, your dad was baptized into the church 27 days after I was physically born. That was the faith of my parents. Praise be to God that that actually happened because they brought me to God and brought me the sacraments. Their faith saved me at that point. And I think, so for the parents out there, there's a big part of it where um, in light of what Keone and Miko are sharing with regards to them understanding the faith or whatever, the rules that are in place. You know, I think about the conversation we had the other night on helping each other understand um, where I was coming from and where you were coming from. It's a greater understanding. We know, especially because we both uh, were pretty much Thomistic in this home, right? St. Thomas Aquinas talks about the primary virtue of knowledge leads to love. And so um, the more we understand our faith, the more that we can love it, learn it, own it, and at that point. But for all these other folks who just go out there and say, well, I ask how many people to ask out there, and I'll say, well, why are you Catholic? Oh, because uh, my parents baptized me. I'm like, that's the only reason why you're Catholic? Or because I was, I was, it's the only faith I know. Is that the only, that's your only answer? No wonder why, you know, you're going to be really, uh, you're not going to be sound in your faith. You're not going to be rock solid in your faith. 
that doesn't that goes to say with anything else in your life. Why are you doing X? Well, because Miko told me to do it. Well, do you believe that? So t- apply it to any other aspect of your life. Think about we'll bring up the great goat Kobe, right? If you said I'm I'm modeling my game after Kobe Bryant, and what would people say? They're like, yeah, that's good. Why? Because Kobe is one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game. And it's what he's done is proven. Not only that, you love the game of basketball and you want to mimic yourself after one of the greatest. No one would say like, oh, look at you, dude. You're you're so um, you're so brainwashed by Kobe. You're so brainwashed by the game of basketball. No, you would say, no, you love that game. And then you found somebody that that elevated the game to that level that you want to model after. And to me, that's a, so so you don't apply that except when it comes to faith. Right. So it's just funny to me how idiotic we can be as people, because we're like, you want to say, oh, oh, you follow Jesus. Like, oh, you're totally brainwashed. That's what your parents told you to do. And it's just like, no, I think this is the God man who came down to save us from our sins. I believe in him. I love him. And I want to do everything like him. Mm-hmm. You know, we would say that about every other guru that we would go and find out. I want to be like Steve Jobs, man. You know, I want to be, look at how successful he was, this, this, and that. And you follow him. Everyone's like, yeah, do it, man. Do it. We're, we're behind you, man. It's the smartest thing to do. So why is it so different than with God? Well, because there comes a certain level of morality. And conviction that comes with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel it. Yeah. When you're living that way, like you were saying earlier. So mm-hmm. if you choose to live a way like that, then I feel like you're telling me that I have to live that way, even though you didn't say a word. Yep. So now I'm angry. Like you were saying, now you're just angry at that person. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. But you know, it's funny. I was thinking about, I was just thinking about how when I was a kid and I wanted like this bright colored, crazy shoe Mm -hmm. and you guys would only let me get white or black because they went with everything. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I remember thinking like, I'm so mad. Like I can't wait till I can just get that neon pink and neon (laughs) yellow shoe one day, dude. Like I'm going to show them. Mm -hmm. And then like you look back and like, damn, I look like a loser. (laughs) Like what a little idiot. Like a little five-year-old. So I have my little bowl cut and I have my neon pink and yellow shoes. You're like, nice, nice one, dude. Nice one, little Nico. (laughs) You really showed them, dude. You know, it's just the idea of like, you don't know any better is really what it is. Yeah. And so we're trying to figure out ourselves. We actually don't know any better. Yeah. So even though what they be saying is right, it doesn't matter if they're right. I just want to be me. Yeah. So you wear your neon pink and your yellow shoes, even though you're going to look like an idiot or it's not going to really go with any of your outfits that you have or anything (laughs) like that, you know, kind of thing. I think Miko brought up a good point in that no matter what you say, even if it is right, you're wrong though, because Mm -hmm. who you are Mm -hmm. and what you represent is wrong. Mm -hmm. And so for us as youth, I know in my own experience, even if I, if you were to ask me, is praying the rosary good? Yeah. But if dad tells me to pray the rosary, it no longer becomes good. (laughs) It's equal to true. It's equal to do the dishes, you know. But when I went to Franciscan and now dad's not there saying pray the rosary. What he when I watched dad pray the rosary, now that conviction is now placed on my heart. And it's are you going to play the rosary now? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where there's a level of modeling that is more convicting than words. And that's where our rebellion, the true rebellion of our faith needs to start to penetrate the world mm-hmm. where, okay, like Meeks was saying, as the Christian minority now, we need to start and rebel against the false rebellion that is the culture. And what that has to be is, yes, you know, speak up, but also fix yourselves internally. You know, start to be... Uh, a beacon of light start to be convicting because your presence and the peers around you and what you uh, what you say not only but what you're doing and the life you live and the way you interact with people and the way you're practicing even in the silence even when no one's watching people are convicted by that and they notice and they say something's different about him Mm -hmm. and we need more people like that 
because that actually starts to convince people why because you didn't tell me like me saying you didn't tell me i had to do it but watching you started to stir up all that all that baggage all that individual justice that i was ignoring and it starts to become a choice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so my my i guess last tidbit for parents out there especially as you deal with this because you will deal with it to some degree some worse than others with rebellion is 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 more around relationship with your children that i think a big problem why kids rebel is there's not a relationship so when you lay down rules and laws come down with the iron fist without explaining why not to say you're going to get the the desired response or you're not it's going to be without attitude but if you just let a kid know like hey the reason why um we don't allow you to stay after out after midnight is because x or the reason why you know i'm not comfortable with you staying the night at so-and-so's house or you know Uh, paying $150 for these shoes, whatever the situation may be. When you explain the why, we've talked about that in numerous episodes, right? About understanding the why. And then just, it it allows them to understand that there's actually a reason. You're not just saying, the worst thing you can do as a parent is to say, do it because I said so, right? Because that's the only, and there's do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. So to Keone's point, modeling the behavior that you actually want to see, right? That's the best way to change the behavior in the home is if you want your kids to be patient, why don't you try being patient, right? Doesn't mean you don't, you stop being a parent, just modeling, being patient, being loving, being forgiving. The other thing is um, explaining the why. And then how about having a relationship, showing interest in what your kids are doing, having discussions. Um, and it goes both ways. You know, our kids are unfortunately, th- you guys know this, so I can say it with you is we're all selfish human beings. But as kids, you're actually really selfish. You only care about what you, what's going on in your life. Everything you do is, is impacting their life. So it, you're going to almost have to get the jaws of life to get them to come in to, to spend time with you. So you need to go spend time with them and work on that relationship. So that way, when you do lay down rules, boundaries, parameters, restrictions, that they don't see it as restrictions necessarily, but they understand that I trust my mom. I trust my dad. Therefore, I may not even agree with what they're saying, but I know they love me and I know they have my best interest at heart. And I think that's the key really um, in all of this is as we, you know, kind of, um, impart all these these different episodes these different topics on you is really trying to understand it from both our perspectives and i think that was be that's one thing we wanted to talk about when it comes to false rebellion and i think you know as we um kind of wrap up this episode is really encourage all of you all to, to kind of get a hold of us let us know is this what you're is this exactly what you're looking for are there other topics that you guys want to hear from us from either perspective you know it's really something especially during this time of quarantine that we're, we're here to serve we're all here in studio now in quarantine quarantining sheltering and placing so um you know from all of us here at pbk we just thank you and hope that you and your families are staying safe and you know until then we just ask that you get holy or die trying don't forget to like comment and subscribe God bless. Peace.